All right, it's the Keep to the City Rangers podcast, and the Rangers win their first game of the season. 5-1, to one, take the season opener in Buffalo against the Sabres uh, in what I feel is the best Rangers performance I've seen in years. And maybe it's just because it's the season opener and it's more memorable in that sense than you know what a random game in January may be. But what a performance, 60-full-minute effort, something you rarely see from the Rangers. You usually see them have a first period like they did, but then the second period, you know, that effort level wanes off. And then in the third period, they try to bounce back, but it's too little too late. They've blown a two-goal lead or they got sloppy or Shesterkin had to make 47 saves, something like that. You don't see the kinds of 60-minute efforts you saw on Thursday night in Buffalo. You just don't see that from this team. And you have to credit Peter Laviolette here because that's what he brings. That's the difference. That's why he's had success everywhere he's been. That's why I wanted him to be the Rangers coach for this season and moving forward. That's why I wanted Gerard Gallant out because he couldn't get those kinds of efforts, rarely ever. And to see that in the first game of the season when you've got the hype of a new season, you've got the hype, you know, 25% of the roster is turned over, you've got the new coach, you've got the new system. There was a lot working against the Rangers here to go to Buffalo against the team that missed the postseason by a point, that's hungry to get back to the postseason for the first time in forever, that can score goals as well as anybody in the league. And to go there and have that type of game, I was it was surprising. <laughs> if, if the Rangers came out and were flat or they were sloppy or there was miscommunication and just not a good game, and you'd kind of expect that given everything working against them going into game one of 82. But that looked like a team that's been together for years. Those line combinations, especially the Heedle, Lafreniere, and Panarin line, that looked like they've been together for seasons, the way they drove the play. From the very first shift, I mean, they dominated play. The first period, they outshot the Sabres 8-0 alone. You have Lafreniere getting on the board right away, quieting all the critics from the preseason that talked about how bad he looked at times in September and early October, as if any of that matters, as if preseason matters. You had him sparking the turnover that led to the Panarin goal. Heedle was all over the place. Kreider had a pair of goals. Truba blocked 73 shots. Shesterkin... Rarely got challenged in the first half of the game, but when he needed to come up big, he did, which is what he does. And the only blemish was the Truba block shot, Dan Girardi style, that unfortunately took a bad bounce and gave the Sabres a rather easy goal, but that was it. That was it. Rangers looked tough. Forced turnovers all over the place. The 1-3-1 in the neutral zone. The Sabres had no idea what to do with. Winning one-on-one battles all over the ice. Blocking shots, scoring goals, converting on the power play. It was a complete effort. Nothing bad you could say about that game. Now, it's going to be hard to replicate that effort for 82 games. But if that's what the Rangers can provide when everything's going right, that'll do. That'll win. That won't just win from now till mid-April. That'll win in April and May and June if they play like that. That's how good they look. And to do that in LaViolette's debut, I mean, I'm buzzing about this game like it was a postseason game. I'm ready for Saturday night in Columbus where 
a typical Rangers team would then show up and lose that game in Columbus on Saturday night. So we'll see. We'll see how this translates the performance on Thursday into Saturday. That's a game, if you're as good as the Rangers think they are, as good as they can be, then you go to Columbus and you take care of business. And I get it. You're going to have eggs laid throughout the season. Maybe one of them is on Saturday night Columbus. But coming off that game on Thursday, coming off that effort, that performance, you'd expect a big game from the Rangers on Saturday night. And this season, for Keith to the City, partnership with Vintage Ice Hockey, which is just an awesome company. If, if you're not familiar with it, VintageIceHockey.com. They sell jerseys, apparel, team merchandise of every minor league defunct hockey team ever. Going back 100 years of minor league hockey. So if you're looking for New Haven Nighthawks gear, an old Rangers affiliate, best logo in minor league hockey. Maybe you're looking for Providence Reds gear, another former Rangers affiliate. They've got everything. They've got over 100 years of defunct minor league hockey team jerseys, apparel, gear. It's awesome. It's an awesome site. Happy to be working with them. So go give them a look, vintageicehockey.com. It's really tremendous stuff over there. And to continue with this excitement, this euphoria of the first game of the season uh, Brian Monzo of Bet Rivers joined me to talk about the Rangers what went on on Thursday what to expect this weekend so let's get to it all right and joining me today to talk Rangers hockey with the season back and officially started Brian Monzo of Bet Rivers Mons how's it going today Neil it's been a while since we've done this you know, I, I forgot my number, but you found it. <laughs> but uh, here we are, and I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you. Yeah, and it's a good time to chat because I think the Thursday opening night performance from the Rangers, I can't remember. I mean, maybe it's just like more memorable because it's the first game of the season, but a more complete, just all-around awesome game from start to finish from this team. You, you rarely ever see them compete at that level for 60 minutes uh it was refreshing to see to say the least you know what the last thing i could remember where they played that well was game one against the penguins a year and a half ago the first period that first period against the penguins of the first game ryan reeves basically you know took out evgeny malkin and uh they were physical and they ended up losing that game in overtime but that first period was like well that was just completed of a period as I remember the Rangers playing and last night was I honestly I was shocked like I was shocked I know it's Buffalo I know they didn't make the playoffs last year they're better you're getting better they have a lot right. of great young players um but it, it was one of the, it was like the first time I remember seeing the Rangers look hard to play against where it's usually complete opposite they can't create anything they can't get through the neutral zone they don't forecheck and they look the opposite they it was almost like the Rangers are a slow team. Like, we all know that. In a league now that's very fast, the Rangers got exposed by the Devils, having absolutely no speed. And they almost compensated for that last night by, you know, clogging the neutral zone, forechecking, and saying, look, we're limited with our speed. We know this. We're addressing this. We're going to play better defensively. We're going to focus on that. We're going to forecheck. We're going to even have players like Panarin forecheck who doesn't want to do that, Lafreniere. Um, and look, if you... If if you're hard to play against, which they were, you're going to be very competitive in this league. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But it reminded me of like a Tortorella team, but with actual skill and players who can <laughs> score. 
you know? So it's like you have that offensive responsibility and that effort, um, but you had nobody in those teams who could score. Even Rick Nash became a defensive player. Now you have players like Panarin, you have players like Sabanajan. Kreider, you know, to me, he's not, to me, he's not like a skill player, but he's a, you know, grinding power forward who can score. So you have a lot of offensive players now on a team that's going to dedicate itself playing defense. Also, when you have defensive players like Fox and Keandre Miller and Schubert who will get involved defensively, look, it can make things a lot more interesting than anybody expected. Yeah, you touched on a few things there. One being the opponent, like Buffalo, they missed the postseason by one point last year. They're young, they're hungry. You expected them to come out, you know, stronger than they did, but maybe that's just, uh, you know, a compliment to the Rangers. The Buffalo was third in scoring last year. They did have their defensive lows. But when you look at what happened with the Rangers this offseason, you get a new coach. There's like 25% turnover on the roster, implementing a new system. Preseason was shaky. You would kind of accept if they came out flat, if they lost the first few games of the season as they kind of learned the system. But what you saw on Thursday night, it looked like not only have they been playing in the system for years, but it just everything fits so well. The Heedle, Panarin, Lafreniere line look like they've been playing together for years. I just I can't say enough. I'm buzzing about this game. Like I feel like it was a postseason game they wanted. That's how strong of a performance it was. I just I can't get over it. Well, I don't think anybody, whether you're a fan of the Rangers or you're not a fan of the Rangers, or you're just an analyst around the league, they're talented players. Like they're they're all good, you know, they have a lot of good players. Like Heedle's a good player. He just hasn't gotten it. Kako, we know is a good player. Lafreniere, he's the first overall pick. There's talent there somewhere, right? Um we know what Panarin is. We know we know what Mika is. Uh, Kreider up and down the line. You know they just had to find a way to play to maximize their skill sets. And you know you were. I know you weren't the biggest Gallant guy. I liked him a lot more. Maybe you were right, and I was wrong. And that he just didn't. He had one way to play, and he wasn't utilizing his players to their best skills. And he was trying to force things that wasn't maximizing what they could be. And Lavalette plays different. Maybe he's a lot of people talked about how this was just kind of like a lateral move and it's kind of a boring hire. But there was also a set of people that were like, this is the right hire because he will, uh, his style will, will, you know, emphasize what these players can do. And they looked like a team that we know is talented and has played together for a long time. And one thing I'd like to see, and this goes beyond Gallant, this goes to coaches beyond that, Vigneault, you know, going back to, to Rennie, is that I'd like to see these players play together for a substantial period of time. If they have a bad game or a bad period, mixing up the lines drives me nuts. These guys, you know, I want to see Kako remain in that top line. I want to see Trocek continue to play with uh, Cooley and play with Blake Wheeler. You know, Blake Wheeler's a good addition on this team for someone who's been around the league for a long time. So if Lavalette's going to meet with these players every day, you saw during, you know, the pregame skate yesterday, he was meeting with each line, each defensive unit. If he's going to commit to these guys, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a really big deal and it's really going to help, you know, this team get to that next level, which, you know, let's be honest, is getting to the Stanley Cup final at this point. They you know they had a little bit of a setback last year, but the year before they were just about there. They're up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference final. Uh, you have the best goalie in the world or one of the, you know, two or three best goalies in the world. It's time. You have a really good, you have a lot of depth. You have Jimmy Vesey, who, I mean, that's a crazy story in itself. Guy goes from a tryout, to being on the top line last year, to having a really good defined role on the team, to getting extensions, not even making the opening night lineup. I mean, he's got to be burked. But, you know, you have depth there. You have depth defensively. Zach Jones, other defensemen are, are ready to play up. You know, Matthew Robertson. So, yeah, I mean, 
I, I came in, like you said, with very little expectations. Wouldn't have been surprised if they lost last night. Maybe part of me really expected them to lose last night. When you have a goalie like Sturkin, you can win just about any game, no matter what. But uh, they came out and, you know, it was 2 nothing before you can really blink. And uh, even after giving up the goal, they didn't allow Buffalo to really get back in the game, even though they took some penalties late in the second. But, no, good effort. Now there's expectations. I expect them to beat Columbus pretty handedly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've they've done this to themselves now where if they're a really good game, we expect things. And, that, you know, we'll see if they can live up with that. Right, and that seems like the ultimate letdown for Saturday Night Columbus. Uh, with Laviolette, you know, there was this faction of fans that were against just getting another coach, a recycled NHL name. Uh, if it came to that, I was happy it was going to be him. I wasn't necessarily in the faction that was like, let's go get someone unproven who's coached at another level but's never been in the NHL, let's try something new. Wasn't for that. But for Laviolette, the fact that he had that relationship with Jury and the Team USA stuff, uh, and just his history, like everywhere he's gone, he's been successful. It just made sense. And, you know, he's a guy that I wanted. I'm glad he's there. I'm glad he had this first great game. Um, and just some of the things that you kind of mentioned there that he's doing that you didn't see with Glant. Like, they're they're winning so many one-on-one battles last night. The 1-3-1 in the neutral zone. The, the Rangers getting turnovers in the neutral zone going the other way. Turnovers at the top of the blue line going the other way. Um, the fact that he takes these moments to speak to each individual unit and group at practice. The fact that he didn't bury Lafreniere based on a few bad weeks of preseason gave the kid the top six minutes he should have. Just things that would not be taking place right now if coaching move wasn't if 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 we were still with the same coaching situation as last year. Yeah, I mean, look, they they would have come out last night. They would have you know played hard, but they would have been likely defensively struggling. And it's just how they were. They they forced Sturkin to make ten saves that they didn't have to make last night. Um, right. And look, the, they they shot the puck on the power play. Uh, they were aggressive on the penalty kill. Barkley Gujar made a lot of really good plays. You saw like the likes of Pitlick play well, and uh, Bonino played well. Uh, Bonino winning faceoffs, you know, you know, right-handed when he's a left-handed or left-handed when he's a right-handed player. Uh, those are smart players they brought in, and you know, Drury caught a lot of flack this off-season for bringing in a bunch of old guys, but they were a young team. They still are a young team. They still have right. like Brendan Offman and Braden Schneider, and uh, Zach Jones is still you know depth player, but he's young and. Um, you know, Adam Sakura down in the minor league. So, you know, it was good, I think. If they think that they're close and they just had to add a couple of veteran players, maybe I was, maybe we were all wrong and, and they were right. They know what they're doing and they're going to start to see. You know, look, we know Zavinajad always has a good year, right? But he never feels like he's like one of those top players in the league. It's like he's a really good player on the Rangers, but when you compare him to like David and all these players, he's certainly the next tier. And I think that that's fair, and I, and I think he is. But, you know, he's still a top center in this league, and if he's going to put up even more points than 90 and then be defensively responsible and kill penalties and be a leader, you know, he's an elite player. Panarin, if he's going to start forechecking all of a sudden and playing defense along with what he does offensively, that's huge. If Pryor's going to remain in front of that, if Fox is going to shoot more on the power play, if is going to block shots like we saw last night, if Lindgren's going to block shots, you know, it's a new element uh, to something we haven't seen before. And if you're to, you know, force Shesterkin to make 23 saves as opposed to 39 saves, you're going to see better results. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do like your comparison earlier. It was like a Tortorella team with skill because that that seemed like the most blocked shots I've ever seen in a Rangers game since, you know, a decade ago when Tortorella was here asking Miriam Gabrick to 
you know, muck it up in the corners and block shots with his teeth rather than score goals. Um, you know, but uh, hey, I mean, I can't say enough good things about that game. It's just, uh, you know, you're not going to get that performance, obviously, in all 82, but to get it in the first one, pretty important. So now they've, you know, go to Columbus against a team that's expected to finish uh, in the basement of the league. I feel like a, a typical Rangers season, this is like a game they go and, and they lose. So I guess we'll kind of see what happens and if, you know, they avoid just laying an enormous egg uh, this weekend and before they head home. No, look, I know it's early, it's second game of the season, but, you know, two points is two points, whether it's right. the second game of the season or the 82nd game of the season. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to, like, start Jonathan Quick or, or do anything stupid because you think you're playing a lesser <laughs> team. You know, go out and get the win. You know, set, set up Shesterkin to play the amount of games you want him to play. If it means getting yourself a, a two points early in the season, Get the two points. Get out to a 2-0 and start. Get out to a 3-0 and start. Go win some games early. See what this team is. And if you have to make some additions, if they're being serious, they may actually bring Patrick Kane back at some point. Um, you, know, get, you know, get there while you're a good team. Don't get there, you know, at 500 and you're trying to add Patrick Kane to get to the next step. Have him be a supplemental player late. Um, so if you think that this game is, you know, no game's automatic, they should beat them. I mean, they should beat right. this team with their eyes closed. Get it done. Don't don't. It's not a layup, but get it done. It's not a trap game. Get the two points. You win your first two games. You're, you know, that's two down, eighty to go. All right. Couldn't say it better myself, there, Mons. That's a perfect summation of of what needs to go on this weekend. Look, so you're, you're you're a Yankee fan. I see your Yankee tweets all the time, and <laughs> you know you complain about the lineup. You complain about them taking these. Like, go out and win the game. You win the game right. on the schedule. You know. So I have you know, a very you, different. He's up. So. I have a very different mentality as, as a Rangers fan than I do a Yankees fan. I'm I'm more open and accepting of of bad Rangers seasons, bad Rangers teams than that I am for the Yankees. So much different. I love Laviolette, whereas I don't love Aaron Boone. So uh, completely different mindset for both. But yes, I agree. Go win the games you're supposed to win, including Saturday. But that, you know, it's, I know it's two games into the season. Don't be like, well, this is a layup, so we're going to play Jonathan Quick. Go get the two points with Shesterkin. And- you know, and then move on and try and go to be three and zero after that. They play Monday night. It's, you know, every game is is you know to me. They set themselves now with expectations after a really good game, knowing that they're going to play a different way. They're going to play the right way with what makes this team click. So, um, go get it. I'm, I'm now. I went in with no expectations, and now I'm ready for game two. And I'm excited now for the game. I'm excited for every game now moving forward. <laughs> All right, let's keep that excitement level up. Uh, thanks for coming out, Mons. It's always great to talk to you. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks again to Mons for taking the time to come on and talk Rangers hockey. There is not a Rangers fan who isn't having a day today buzzing off that performance from Thursday night. And if you had the money line, if you had the puck line, you're even happier. So we'll see what they can do this weekend against Columbus, a team they should beat a team where the, the talent gap is immense between the two. Big game on, in Columbus, another two points available. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the weekend. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Monday.